Excited for a road trip? Start it off right with auto coverage from American Family Insurance. J.D. Power ranked us number one in customer satisfaction with the auto insurance shopping experience among mid-size insurers. Get a quote at AmFam.com. American Family Insurance. For J.D. Power 2021 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Blog Talk Radio. Sometimes I think about what the end is going to be. But I want the church to know tonight I'm not going to turn around. I've been on this journey for 36 years. And I'm not tired yet. In fact, we're going to sing a song in a few minutes that said, I don't feel no ways tired. But every time somebody asks me, and said, what you going to do after 36 years? Where are you going from here? You know what I tell them? I believe I run on. So true, believe I'll run on, see what the end is going to be. Good evening and welcome to Blessings by Grace Radio. Tonight is Thursday, not our weekly food for the soul Bible study sessions. Tonight we're talking about living in holiness. Where are you? The lessons to be learned by Bishop Alfred Moore, DG, which stands for Doctor of Divinity. Now, tonight is February the 13th, 2020. The time is 9.33 p.m. We are in the Apple Valley studio tonight with the founder, overseer, the incomparable, honorable men of God from the great to all nations, Pentecost Church of Jesus Christ tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Bishop Oscar Moore. Now, tonight we are talking about living in holiness, or are you? Those are, again, going to be the lessons learned by Dr. Bishop Oscar Moore tonight. Now, how comfortable 
we are to add God to our lives with little or no change necessary on our part. Such is not the message of the true gospel or the teaching of the scriptures on the spiritual life. The Old Testament prophets along with John the Baptist and then Jesus called for a radical change for those who would not trust and obey God. Repent was an indispensable word to those who proclaim the word of God in truth. To repent means to change not only our thinking but our actions. When we are saved, we are saved from our hardened and heathen desires and practices and called to live a life of holiness. This call to holiness comes very early in Peter's first epistle in chapter 1, verses 14 through 16, and continues to be stressed throughout his epistle. The belief and behavior of holiness of which Peter speaks comes neither naturally through our flesh nor easily. Peter did not find it natural or easy either. While the concept of holiness is frequently taught in the Old Testament, Judaism, especially the scribes and Pharisees, distorted it until it became something entirely different. To many, the scribes and Pharisees who saw themselves as holy were the home of holiness. How shocking Jesus' words must have been to those who first heard them. For I say to you, that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5 and 20. May God add a blessing to the reader, hear, endure of this holy word. And ladies and gentlemen, the man of the hour tonight, the shepherd of my house, my bishop, but I'm blessed and honored enough to call him my grandpa to you. But on the radio, he's just good old Dr. Bishop Alfred Moore. So I give him that honor and respect like you all do as we all love him to the best of our ability, ladies and gentlemen, the men of the hour. God bless. God bless you in Radio Land tonight. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice therein. The Lord is good. He is good. And he is good. Thank God, amen, again for my announcer bringing us on. We're going to, amen, get right into the word of God tonight. We're just so grateful for each one of you asking your prayers that to continue is to pray for us, amen, that we might spread the gospel of Jesus Christ in the last days. We left on last week, amen, talking about living in holiness. I did not complete that, and amen, I would love to kind of complete that tonight. In our scriptures, amen, where we came from was Psalms, the 24th chapter, verse 3 and 5, Romans chapter 12, 1, 2 through 9, and that was 2 Corinthians, the 6th chapter, verse 14 through 17. Let me highlight it tonight, amen, Psalms, amen, 24 and 3 says, Who shall ascend into the hills of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? Verse 4, so he that has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewingness of your mind. 
that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Second Corinthians highlighted it as the chapter 6, 14 through 17. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what fellowship has righteousness with unbelievers? For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what concordion have Christ with Balaam? Of what part has he that believes with an infidel? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my peoples. Read here, amen, a portion of these scriptures. When you have time, amen, you can read the whole outline of those scriptures. Walking in holiness, a living, rather living in holiness, is a very important part of a Christian life. Meaning, amen, that we got to come out of the world and be separated from the world. Walking in holiness, amen, means that we must, amen, please Jesus Christ who has called us out of darkness into this marvel life. Amen, as the scripture has betrayed us tonight and let us know, amen, that we must present, and that is talking to every born-again believer, amen, that say they know Jesus, we must present our bodies a living sacrifice, not a dead sacrifice, but a living sacrifice, holy unto the Lord, amen, uh, that it may be acceptable unto the Lord. Now, remember, amen, we can't offer God no any type of sacrifice. It must be acceptable unto him. Amen. And our body must be a living sacrifice, not a dead sacrifice, but a living sacrifice unto the Lord. So, therefore, amen, as we have uh, defined Amen. The word wholeness, wholeness, amen, can be useful to summarize. The first meaning of wholeness is that which belongs to God exclusively. Wholeness means that, amen, nobody owns you but God himself. You have sold out to the world. You have sold out, amen, to everything else. You belong to God exclusively. Now, amen, we have a little problem there because, amen, many of us, amen, we don't want to give everything we have to God. We want to, amen, serve God on our own terms and, amen, serve him when we get ready, but that's not true holiness. Holiness means that you have been bought with a price and you don't belong to yourself anymore. Ever what the will of the Lord is, that is your requirement that you will do for the Lord. The second reference to our being 
new creation in Jesus Christ. Now, amen, you cannot be holy unless you have been born again. Let me say that clearly. You cannot be holy unless you have been born again. Because, amen, God's spirit will not dwell in no unclean temple. And, amen, we are born in sin and we are shaped in iniquity. So, amen, in order for holiness is to come within our life, it means we have to do something. We have to be born again. We have to be changed by the Spirit of the Lord. God's Spirit has to dwell within us before we can even claim to be holy. Holy means, amen, we have denied and crucified this old flesh. Now, in this way, amen, we are partakers of God's holy nature. Now, amen, when we do this, we are becoming partakers of God's holy nature. God's holy nature, praise the Lord, is a part of our life. And as God himself is holy, we must also present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Now, what I'm saying is this, amen. Can God use you every day of your life? Are your body, amen, in a condition, amen, that you know if God want to use you, your body is holy. You have set your body aside that ever what God want to do, he, you know, amen, he can use you because, amen, you're living for him. You have denied your flesh. And you have brought it under subjection. The third definition is related to the second, but it refers to our separating from the world. Now, when we... Uh, amen, a holy creature, uh, creation in Christ Jesus, we must be separated from the world. Now the Bible tells us, amen, be in the world, but be not of the world. That means a Christian, amen, has to live in this world, but a Christian does not have to do the thing that the world is doing. It's a problem in our lives today. As we say, we we belong to Jesus and we, amen, are new creatures in Christ Jesus. There are many of us not showing that we have been separated. Come out from among them and be ye separated, says the Lord. God has his unique, awesome wholeness a quantity that the Almighty alone possess. God is holy by himself. He don't really need nobody else. Amen. He's holy by himself. We do not, amen, disagree. And we don't degrade, amen, the Lord's holiness. Bible sharing in that holiness. We uphold God's holiness. Present your bodies. A living sacrifice, 
holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is our reasonable service. Now, Paul, go on, amen, and let us know that biblical and local standards of holiness. There are two kinds of holiness standards. There are those that are clearly taught in the Bible, such as common amadis, short hair on men's, uncut hair on women's, and being truthful, kind, and forgiveness. We find that in 1 Corinthians 6 through 9 through 11, in Galatians 5, 16, and 26. There is some standards, amen, that holy people ought to carry themselves. Short hair on men and women's, amen, hair uncut. We are violating the laws of the Lord. If we are not operating under these principles, we are violating the laws of the Lord. And we are saying that we are holy. But these are standards which are not sufficiently addressed in the Bible, but are based on biblical principles. Those principles are applied by the pastor of the culture of society in which the congregation live in order for themselves. In other words, amen, the pastor set these kind of standards, but Jesus never lowers his standards. Amen. We must be holy. And we must, amen, have an attitude, a holy type of attitude. For God loves us and wants us to be with him in eternity. He commands us to be holy because he knows that without holiness, we cannot fellowship with him. That is the point, amen, that I want to hold tonight. Without holiness, we cannot fellowship with the Lord. Furthermore, we know that living a holy lifestyle not only prepares us for eternal life, but also it reveals God's holiness to a lost world. When you live holy, you are showing somebody in darkness that there is a greater light that is shining. And they are looking at your life and your lifestyle, and they are seeing that great light. When you represent holiness, holiness and separation. In First Corinthians, in Second Corinthians, chapter six, verse fourteen and seventeen, the apostles of the Gentile he driven home the point that we are to live separated from the world. I will say amen in our church 
age today, we must come back to the word of God. We must live separated from the world. God is requiring his people to live separated from worthy peoples. Paul asked, what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? Here was a rhetorical question to which the obvious answer is none. He then asked, what communion has light with darkness? And you know, amen, light and darkness don't have any communion together. Again, the answer is apparently none. The apostle continued writing, demanding to know what concord has Christ with Balaam? Of what part has he that believeth with an infidel? The answer is amen, none. And what agreement has the temple of God with idleness? You are the temple of God. Your temple, amen, ought not have any agreement with idleness. The reader is forced to provide his own answer. There is none. The Apostle Paul reminded us of a fact Many Christians ought to forget that we are the temple of God. Our bodies is the temple of God. Our bodies is where the Lord lives. The biblical world has many temples, Jewish temples, Gentile temples, shrines, where they go, amen, for devotion. Respect and a worship place for them. But Paul was admonishing, amen, the Corinthians to reverence and respect their own bodies since they are the dwelling place of God. We go to the churches, amen, and we want to sometimes try to make the church the temple, but the church is not the temple. I don't care how lavish it is and what it have in it. The church is not the temple. Your body is a temple. The Lord dwells in a believer's body. And that is what we ought to reverence unto the Lord. God dwells and he walks with his peoples as he is our God. He commands us to come out from among them and be separated. Now this is the Lord himself is talking to his people. If my people that is called by my name would humble themselves, he's talking to his people. Come out from among them. Don't be stubborn hearted. Separate yourself from the world. 
come out from among them. Then and ye and be ye separated, and touch not the unclean things of the world. Paul has clearly instructed us to separate ourselves from unrighteousness. What is sin? Sin. All unrighteousness is sin. Paul says separate yourself from unrighteousness, darkness, unbelief, the idolatry of this world, the thing that the world is worshiping, the saints of God has no business worshiping, no business trying to follow. But the trend has turned today. You can see amen all over the world, amen. The church people, the fallen worldly people. We want to say amen. We must go back to the word of God. Come out from among them. We are told to be separated. And not merely different. But unfortunately, it seems easy for many people to think that if they are different, from their neighbor. They are separated spiritually from them. To understand if two individuals are separated spiritually from each other, we may ask if there is true fellowship between the two. Do the two people share the same close bonds or togetherness and exist between members of the church family? Is there a general communion or shan or intimate thought and emotion? Is there agreement between the two people or important issues? If we have these close relationships or bonds, with someone else, then we are not separated from them. If we deal with people that closely, we are not separated from them. But the Lord wants us to be separated from sin. Separated from sin, the world. We are not to be separated physically from sinners. We're not to be isolated, amen, from sinners as some think. Because Jesus Christ, amen, when he was on earth, he ate with sinners. He talked with sinners. So it don't mean physically to be separated from them, but it means, amen, we ought to be separated from their evil ways. He that is dead is free from sin. Sin should have no dominion over you. Sin should not control a Christian. If you allow sin is to control you, you are under darkness. And Jesus Christ is light. So if you are under darkness, 
you done fell from the grace of Jesus Christ. Being then made free from sin, you become the servant of righteousness. When you, amen, Romans the sixth chapter, verse seven through eighteen. When you become, amen, the servant of righteousness, you belong to Jesus. He's the one that paid the penalty. He's the one that died for your sin. The Apostle John explained that everything the world has to offer is the lust of the flesh. The world don't have nothing good to offer you. Amen. The world offers you the lust of the filthiness of the, uh, 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 of the flesh. The lust of the flesh. The lust of the eye and the pride of life. The world offer you these things to cause your soul is to be down. He makes these things look pretty to you, and he, Amen, make them look good and exciting and enticing to you, Amen. But all three of them, Amen. The lust of the flesh is death. The lust of the uh, I is death, and the pride of life is death. That's what Satan is offering to people today. But the Lord has told us to come out. First John 2 and 16. Being separated from the world involves separating from the lust and pride. You can't serve the Lord with lust, lustfulness. You can't be around people that is lustfulness or believe in lust. That is not of Jesus Christ. And the lust of the eye out there winking at people that you are not supposed to be winking at, not with a godless spirit, but a seducing spirit. An enticing type of spirit. We must go back to the word of God. Our churches is full of this. Even people go to church. And that's where you find the lust of the eye and the pride of the flesh. But being separated from the world involves separating from the lust and the pride. Holiness goes deeper than outwardly behavior. It refers to desire as well. Under the new covenant, what whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her commits adultery. Now, if you see a woman and you look on her and you desire that woman, you have committed a duffer in your heart. Matthew 5 and 28. That is a lustful spirit. 
That don't not only go for a woman, it go I mean a man, it goes for a, a woman. If a woman looks on a man and she lusts in her heart and desires that man, she has committed adultery. Separating in lifestyle is basic self-control. You've got to have self-control over your spirit. Only the Lord himself can do that. A Christian has found through the years that displeasing themselves continue in small things, discipline themselves in small things, help them develop control over big temptations. You got to amen. You got to discipline yourself in small things. So when these big things come along, amen, you can have control over these big things. Every man that strives for the mistress of temperance in all things. First Corinthians nine twenty five. Self control. You ought to have self-control and separate concerning all aspects of our lives. Holiness involves separation from sin. Worthiness and unrighteousness. While the Bible does not list all forms of sin, it gives an example and principles by which we design how a person is to walk in this world. If we want to be holy, we will not hesitate to separate ourselves from the sinful attitude and behavior and display in society. If we really want to be holy, it ain't hard for us to separate ourselves from what the world is asking us to do. The Lord has promised the separation individuals that he will receive him and he will be their father to him. But you got to come out the world. Come out of this old world. Oh, we are clinging to this world like never before. But all the world, amen, and the things that is in this world is getting ready to pass away. The world is temporary. But Jesus is giving you and offering you something eternal, which is eternal life. Now, you can hold on to the world. You can go after the lust of the world. You can play your little field in the world if you want to, but it's only temporary. But what Jesus is offering you is eternal. Isaiah chapter 57, 15 says, Thus says the highest and lofty one that inherits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the holy and holy place. And with him also that is 
of a contrite and humble spirit. Now listen, the Lord wants his children is to have a contrite and a humble spirit. The Lord wants you to break up that spotted ground if you're going to serve him. God wants you to break up that spotted ground in your life and come with a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Amen. Many times when people repent of their sins, they don't know what a broken heart is. They don't know what a contrite spirit is. You've got to come godly sorry for your sins. Not, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm say, Lord, I'm sorry. You've got to come godly sorry. Let God know that you are sorry for sinning against him. God bless you tonight. Amen. A humble spirit brings God blessing. But we must not be deceived by a humanity even in ourselves. I just got to notice, amen, that we have We have in te- technical difficult tonight, praise the Lord. We're very sorry about that. I believe we have about five more minutes. Amen. And we will, praise the Lord, be all amen for tonight. So amen. I'm very sorry I can't continue this tonight. But I do want to let you know amen because we humble see only the outside appearance and not the heart. Man look on the outside, but the Lord looks at the heart. It is easy for us to confuse the hour trimming of holiness with the action holiness within. It is holiness within which causes us to live our outwardly holy life. Amen. <laughs> if you if you really live in holy, your outwardly your inwardly holiness is going to show your outwardly holiness. Your inwardly holiness is not going to let you talk any kind of way. Your inwardly holiness is not going to let you dress any kind of way. Your inwardly holiness is not let you go walk any kind of way. Your inwardly holiness is going to show your outwardly holiness. Because what's on the inside don't come on the outside. It is not the modern clothes or the proper haircut in itself. That is holy. Rather, these are just our reflection of the outwardly holiness God grant to his people. A sinner, man can have his hands cut according to 1 Corinthians 11 chapter and yet not be holy. It's not amen in the hair cutting or in the hair flattening, amen, but it is in your heart. With the Spirit of God living within, how the biblical base appears is similar of God holy, dwelling within us. In the world, the exterior appearance of an individual is often the most important thing. 
Women seem to love attraction, adore, and many other many display ornaments on their bodies. Men likewise seem to enjoy display their masculinity. In Christ, women are to manifest the ornaments of a meek and a quiet spirit. In Christ, a woman want to smell good. She want to show her romance to the Lord. Amen. In her prayer, in her testimony. She want to be meek and quiet in spirit, which is in the sight of God a great price. Men are to confirm to the image of Christ. Men ought to be like Jesus Christ. Men ought to always want to be the head. But let me say, man, you got to be like Jesus Christ. If you want to be the head, you must be like Jesus. Wholeness is not for these are extreme on either side of truth, wholeness. While some people may wish to dismiss all hourly standards, others may try to parade their hourly godly appearance of evil. They think that in everything look good, it is proof they are holy. Amen. The devil wanted to deceive you with his outward appearance. He, he, amen. He dresses right. He talks right. He looks right. But that don't make you holy. You go to the holy church. That doesn't make you holy. The Lord expects us to possess an inwardly holiness. He requires a pure heart as well as a clean outwardly self, and there should be an arrangement between these two aspects. Your heart is the one that's going to make you holy. Not your clothes, not your church to go to. Jesus addressed it holy. He relied on an outwardly appearance directly when he told something some very religious piety folks of his day. Woe unto you, you scribes, ye were righteous people, and you Pharisees, and you hypocrites, for you are likened unto a white sepulchre, which indeed appears beautiful outwardly, but uh, within you are full of dead men's bones. Looking good on the outside, but inside you got rotten bone. In the inside you got dead men's bone. What good is it for you to look good on the outside? Your appearance looking good on the outside, but inwardly you are dead. Remember, we are lively stone in Christ Jesus. And all uncleanness. Even so, ye also outward appearance righteous. Your outward appearance appear righteous unto man, but within you are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. 
Matthew 23, 27, and 28. Jesus just told them like it was. You ain't living for me. You ain't holy. You ain't righteous. Clean hands are necessary. But the pure heart is also necessary. Jesus told his disciples in Mark seven twenty one, out of the heart of man proceeded evil thoughts, adultery, fornicate, murder, theft, covenant, weakness, deceit, lasciviousness, and evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within. We must be careful not to neglect our heart. For true wholeness exists within before it can be displayed in a person's appearance. It's got to come from the inside, not the outside. It is also a positive action, a movement towards something in Israel 6 and 21 the children of Israel, who had come out of the Babylonian captivity, are said to have been joined by all such as have separated themselves unto unto them from the filthiness of the heathen of the land to seek the Lord God of Israel. These neighbors have separated from the evil committed by the heathen and has separated unto Israel and unto God. And that is the saying, we once were in the world, but amen, now we coming out of the world and be ye separated. As I said, we have technical difficult tonight, and amen, my time is out. God bless you until next week. Thank you for listening in. <clears throat> we do apologize. We know Minister Stewart was trying to get on. And last night to, to um, our praise and worship conductor, Sister Cynthia Scaves, who's listening tonight, we apologize for technical difficulties. There's probably something going on in New York where the head collars are, but we will fix it for next week. So all of those who listened in and who got prayer yesterday, including our own <clears throat> elder, Lorna Denise Harper, we know God is. With you in the prayers, and thank you so much. We'll be back next week. Good night, and God bless. Bye-bye. You know it's going to be a good day when your biggest concern in the morning is collecting the crumbs falling from the McDonald's crispy chicken biscuit. Your only concern should be, has your day peaked too early? Enjoy every last crumb of the new McDonald's crispy chicken biscuit for only $3. And any size soft drink for just a dollar. And you'll get your day started on a high note. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. When you need auto parts, O'ReillyAuto.com is just a few clicks away. We offer convenient options for you to get your parts quickly. Order online and pick up for free at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store. We'll even bring it out curbside. Or you can have your parts delivered right to your door with free shipping on most orders over $35. Visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.